Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. I'm your host, Daniel Nelson, and today in our study of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 6, we are going to be seeing how we are to read the Old Testament for holiness. So today's readings are coming from the English Standard Version, and I encourage you to follow along as we study. The passage reads, Now these things took place as examples for us, that we might not desire evil as they did. So I picked a verse that obvious, at least I'm hoping you see, is in context. So what is the context? Well, the context is that Paul is writing to a church that was doing, it was rough. He's written harsher things to people, but the Corinthian church had its problems. It had some problems of church discipline that it needed to do. It had some divisions. It had problems. But Paul also obviously saw the potential in it because he wrote two pretty long epistles to this church. So he knows the potential of it, but he also sees the faults in it. So what we see in this passage is that Paul's talking about the Israelite ancestors. These ancestors are not necessarily blood ancestors. While there probably were many Jews in this, those who were Jew, excuse me, were Jews and then came to believe in Jesus as the Messiah. These I we call them now Messianic Jews. Now this is just a weird name thing. I'm not sure if you call Messianic Jews back then. I don't think so. But you know that's that's neither here nor there. What is important, though, is that these are people who were Jews, and then they believed in Jesus, okay? That's the important thing. Uh, you can, honestly, I'm in seminary, so I could probably ask someone, and they'd tell me. You know, normally if someone says, I'm in seminary, they mean, like, I know the answer. I'm like, I don't really know the answer, but I know who does, you know? So, I mean, honestly, that's probably better. But anyways, so what we're seeing in this passage is that he's talking about the Israelites, and he's saying that these Israelites, we are connected to them by grace. It says, for they, referring to our fathers, those patriarchs and those heroes of the faith in the Old Testament, they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. And then it goes on to say, nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased. So, what we see in this, two things. We see first that it is expected that we learn from the Israelites. It is expected that we learn from the Israelites. Paul says this, These took place as examples for us that we might not desire evils they did. We must know about the Israelites. The Israelites were God's chosen people. And they were chosen to be his representatives of grace to the world. They were a come and see people. Whereas now we are a go and tell people. The Israelites were a come and see. They brought people in. I'm thinking of Rahab and how even though she was not a Jew, she was brought into the people of God because she saw how the people of Israel were changed by the grace of God. You need to read the whole Old Testament as Scripture. Know that these Israelites, you need to know about them. If you're going to learn from them, you certainly need to know about them. 
And the way you do that is by reading the whole Old Testament. It's easy to go to the Old Testament and look to the Proverbs and the Psalms. And, you know, you can just look at those and say, oh, that's my Old Testament. But that's not enough. You need to know about who God is And God reveals so much of himself in the Old Testament. It's not a different God that we see in the Old Testament versus the New. But what we, I mean, just logistically, the Old Testament is so much bigger than the New Testament. So there is a lot more space for God to show himself in the Old Testament. And we see that there is the redemptive nature of God I love Isaiah because it's just such a full book. You see justice, holiness, righteousness. You see redemption, all these beautiful things in Isaiah that you would completely, you would not get to see that angle if you just read the New Testament. Sure, you could see those things, but you also would miss out on the way that Isaiah puts them, which is just amazing. And it's not just like beautiful in the sense that like your school teacher tells you, but you really like never look into it. No, this is not, you know, some antiquated old book that people say is cool. This is a living and active word of God that changes lives to this day. The meaning does not change, but What does change is us as we read it. So we must not only learn about the Israelites, but we must relate to the Israelites. Look at what Paul says. Know that we drank the same spiritual drink. The Israelites were saved by grace just like we are. We have certain advantages under the new covenant, but under both the new covenant and the old, we are both sinners in need of God's grace. And not only that, but we must learn from their mistakes. That's what Paul urges us to do. That's what this passage is all about. He says, now these things took place in as, as an example for us that we might not desire evil as they did. And he lays out in the following verses, different sins, idolatry, sexual immorality, grumbling, putting Christ to the test, all these things that the Israelites did, we need to learn from. We ought to learn from if God's people committed a sin, that's not good. But what's even worse is when God's people do it again. We cannot be a people who repetitively sin. We must learn from mistakes. And even then, as I say that, I know that there are going to be times where we do sin and where we fall into habits of sin. And even there, we see with the Israelites, there is grace. And that's our second point today, is that grace 101 is a prerequisite for holiness 101. I told you I'm in college, so now I have to use these terms, you know, the 101s and the whatnot, which actually, like, it's a little confusing, but it kind of makes sense how they number their classes. But anyways, that's I'm getting off topic. Grace 101 is a prerequisite for holiness 101. The context shows that not only do we share the need for holiness with the Israelites, but we also share the need for grace. Just like the Israelites, we need to bow before our Father and receive forgiveness. The Israelites, 
I mean, look at this. Without grace, we become like the wicked Israelites. Okay? The Israelites who failed were those who viewed holiness as a chore, not as a fruit of grace we already received. And why did they view it as a chore? How can we learn? Well, the reason they viewed it as a chore is because they had a flawed view of grace. Or in many cases, they didn't receive God's grace at all. When you look at stories of David, why did he fall? Because he did not view God's gift of marriage the way that he should. And so he sinned with Bathsheba, and it led to great evil because he had a wrong view of God's grace. When you look at others in the Bible or in the Old Testament who were completely wicked, you think of, you know, I mean, you could just say Jezebel. She did not know God's grace, so she had nothing to do with the people of Israel. She didn't want any part of it. Or you see... Now, these were in Jesus' day, but you see that these Pharisees who really took the law a good thing, which the psalmist say was their delight and their joy, and they idolized it and made it not as a means of grace, but as a means itself. They made the law to be their salvation, when in reality, the law is just a means of faith showing itself. The law is not meant to save us. Rather, the law is meant to be, it's meant for many things, but it is meant for God to make a way to save us. No dispensation of God's grace, no covenant he's made, no nothing is ever a way for us to merit God's favor for salvation. Never. Never in history. Never once have our actions saved ourselves. The Israelites, I mean, when I grew up, I always thought that, you know, the Israelites saved themselves, you know, with sacrifices and whatnot. And that I kind of was curious, like, what if I sacrificed? Would that save myself? But what we see is that in the Old Testament, it's not good works that save them. It's their faith was credited as righteousness. God gives the faith, and that is how he instills forgiveness on us and in us. He justifies us by Jesus' blood. What glorious news. And so now, instead of becoming like the wicked Israelites, we correct the sin in our lives with grace. Then we can become holy. With grace, we become righteous like the godly Israelites. Read through Hebrews 11. We see that after faith, we, or we see that through faith and after a faith-filled life, we will have a truly meaningful life and legacy. We can honor God like the godly Israelites by learning from their example, just like we learn from the wicked Israelites. So just to wrap things up, Paul expects us to learn from the Israelites. We are expected to learn from the Israelites. How are you learning about them? Do you read the whole Old Testament as scripture or do you pick and choose what you read? Do you relate to the Israelites? Do you learn from their mistakes? And then the Israelites show that there is no real holiness without grace. We share the need for holiness with Israelites, but we also share the need for grace. Without grace, we become like the wicked Israelites. And with grace, we become righteous like the godly Israelites.
Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers. If you haven't already, I would encourage you to go to our website, AdoptedBelievers.com. You can find some cool podcasts, articles, or other cool resources. If you got questions, please send them to me at Daniel at AdoptedBelievers.com. I'd be happy to answer them. But without further ado, I'm going to see you all next time.